It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome everyone back to the RF Sports Radio Show. My name is Roger Fisher, co-host Boris Fisher here at the second. I'm going to thank everyone for tuning in tonight. We've got a big, big show for you guys tonight. A lot to talk about from the NFL, four scores and highlights. We're also going to get into the NBA as well with the Mavs getting started for their season and training camp. we got a chance to go out to Mavs Media Day, so we get started with that as well too. I want to remind everyone, if you want to follow us online, it's very easy to do. All you have to do is go to rfsportsradio.com or follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash rfsportsradio. we got a big week of programming coming up this week. Of course, all of our shows will be broadcasting live on the website. Also, we'll be airing a edition of our show where we will be going into the Grambling State Tigers taking on the Prairie View Panthers at the State Fair Club is going to start. Uh, actually, we start running that audio on Thursday, getting ready for the game, which is coming up on Saturday. So you get a chance to hear the live press conference, hear everything that went on during the press conference, and we also had a chance to talk with Doug Williams, Super Bowl MVP Doug Williams, and he'll be on the show on Thursday night as well, too. So a big week for us. And we're definitely proud to be bringing you guys this uh, audio and also sports talk from a fan's perspective, as always. Let's talk about the NFL real fast, guys. A lot to talk about. I know everyone's waiting to get into the Cowboys and everything the Cowboys had going on this weekend after suffering a huge loss at the hands of the Chicago Bears. So let's take a quick break and come right back. I'll try to see if I can find I know he's walking around the studio somewhere. Let's take a quick break and come right back, and we'll get right into the rest of the show. You're listening live to RF Sports Radio, sportsradio.com. This is RF with the RF Sports Radio Show. Do you have a business, a product, a service, or a website, and you need more customers? Advertise with the fastest-growing Internet sports radio show and market your business to sports fans worldwide. Don't miss a unique opportunity to capitalize on the biggest marketing genre in the world. Email me at rfsportsradio at gmail.com. That's rfsportsradio at gmail.com. We have options for every budget, and don't let business pass you by.
Technical difficulties all worked out, and I'm finally joined by my co-host, the man that everybody wants to hear anyway, uh, Mr. Royce. Richard Royce, how are you tonight? Right now, I'm doing fine. I was looking for a bag to put on my head after the Cowboy game last night. I'm ashamed to be a Dallas Ticks. Shame. <laughs> Shame. Well, we're going to get into that. We're going to talk a lot about the Cowboys, of course, everything that went on in the NFL week four. And, again, guys, stay tuned for the rest of the show where we'll also be talking about the NBA as well, too. Let's jump right into week four action, starting with the Carolina Panthers and the Falcons. The Falcons win that game 30-28. to Falcons remain undefeated at 4-0. Of course, they had to have a late-game drive to win the game and a field goal to win the game after Cam Newton fumbled on a pivotal needed first down on a fourth down, in which he had the first down, fumbled backwards, and nevertheless had to turn the ball over. But the Panthers, I thought, Royce did enough to win this game. We just couldn't finally put everything together towards the end. Listen, right now, I saw that game. The Panthers should have won that game. It was a minute left in regulation play. They pinned them down on the one-yard line, and they let them go down and kick a field goal. That's on the defense. I don't put that on Cam Newton whatsoever. He, 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 the defense lost the game for him. And, you know, they had that new guy back there playing safety. I think his name was Amakanura uh, or I'm something I'm like Mark that. Amakanura, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he was back there playing safety. No, this guy played special teams, and he got he got used. I mean, Roddy White yeah, used him. It was 60-yard pass. No, the thing is, when you play a defense like that, you can't let anyone get behind you. And I'm surprised that a coach like Ron Rivera, a defensive-minded coach, is is not going to have his defense ready to play or have a, a better option than safety besides a special team guy. Well, they lucky that the pass was short. Had it been on target, it had been a touchdown. But you're absolutely right. You don't let the man get behind you. Uh, I thought Cam played a great game. It was a great game, period. Both teams, and they so really, really had part the game. Go ahead. So whose record you think is a better reflection of the team? The Panthers at one and three, or the Falcons at four and zero? Oh? Uh, the Falcons, though, I think four and zero. Oh. Them being four and zero oh, is a big feat. They are playing great. How long can they keep this up? Barring injuries, we'll see. I wouldn't put any money on them though. Yeah, I'm still not going to really buy into the Falcons right now because, like like we said in a couple of shows, you know, they, we've seen them do this in the regular season. But right. until they win a playoff game, which Matt Ryan has no wins in the playoffs, until that happens, I really can't get behind them doing any kind of major damage within the NFL. Matt Ryan did have a really, really good game, 25 for 40, which is not that good a completion ratio. 
but did have 369 yards and three TDs. Michael Turner had a great game, 13 carries, 103 yards. And, of course, Roddy White had 169 yards and two touchdowns uh, for the Falcons as they get the win and move to 4-0. Now let's jump to the Bills and the Patriots. The, the Patriots win the game 52-28. to I picked the Patriots to win. You picked the Bills to win. Although you had what well, Tom Brady is your quarterback in your fantasy team, which is right. a little ironic, got to pick them to win. So I, I, but I you know what? I'll be honest. Exactly. <laughs> I, you know when it was when it was fourteen seven going into halftime, and then twenty one seven in the third quarter. After that, the Patriots basically just took off, especially in that fourth quarter, scoring thirty one points in the fourth quarter to win the game. Tom Brady three hundred forty yards passing, three TDs. And they overcome so much, but the Buffalo Bills with six turnovers. You can't win the game yeah. with six turnovers. Fitzpatrick had a terrible day. Only he threw for four TDs, but turned the ball over a lot. They couldn't get the running game going with C.J. Spiller or any other running back. And, and Tom Brady and the Patriots took advantage of this Buffalo Bills defense, and I thought they spent so much money on defense in the offseason, but we've yet to see this defense really start playing. Well... Tom Brady does it again. We've seen this countless times. Buffalo really had the game won in the first two quarters. I, I really thought they, they were going to win the game. And it came down to the fourth quarter, and they just looked like they gave up. Uh, you know, better take is the best to make an adjustment after halftime. And they saw something there. They exploded it, man. I mean, it was a 52-28. to 28. That was a blowout. I expected yeah. more from Buffalo. I don't really believe in them either. Well, that's your, that's your, you told me that was your stupid that, team. That, that was my Cinderella team. Well, you know, I, I still think they would do well, but I, I'm not setting my expectations back. But you know what? Ironically, even with the loss, they have the same record as the uh, Patriots, 2-2. Two and two. And I just knew right. the Patriots weren't going to lose three games in a row. I just, I just knew they weren't going to happen. Now, the way they won this game, I think it's going to give them a lot of momentum they carry throughout the season, especially for some of the younger guys on the team. Even the guys like Gronkowski, you know, for him to have a bad game at first and then kind of pull it out towards the end, get the touchdown. Tom Brady struggled at the beginning of the game. He even had a rushing touchdown in his game. I mean, that's when he's having a rushing touchdown, he's getting everyone involved. Woodhead gets a touchdown. Uh, right. Gronkowski gets a touchdown. Everybody gets a touchdown. Then the running game. For the Patriots, I thought, you know, they never really focused on the running game, but they, they got did, some production. Yeah, they got some production of their running game on Sunday, absolutely. They definitely did. Let's yeah, jump into – go ahead, I'm sorry. Points, that's the highest point for the whole weekend out of anybody. That, that gives the team a lot of confidence. Yeah, wish they had to score a lot of points, and, and, and they did. They definitely did, especially in that third quarter. Now, the uh, Vikings and the Lions. The Vikings, Royce, I think are really – I think they're for real. They're 3-1, sitting on top of the NFC North right now. They won 20-13 over the Lions, and, and they beat the Lions pretty much all, all game. The Lions really couldn't get anything done. Don't know really what happened to their defense or offense. Now, the Vikings themselves didn't have any offensive touchdowns whatsoever and still won the game because the Lions just couldn't get anything done on defense – on offense, rather – and their special teams still, still plague them. Now, this is for the first time in NFL history, you've got a team that's given up a kick return for a touchdown and a punt, return, 
punt return for a touchdown in two consecutive games. And if you're yes, coach, sir. if you're coach Schwartz, how do you let this happen? You know, special teams is something that you gotta have, but how do you let this happen two weeks in a row? Well, I think he's slipping. We saw it last week when uh, they could have kicked the field goal and tied the game up. They elected to run on fourth down, didn't get it. But uh, I was impressed with Minnesota's defense. I thought they played pretty good. And any time you have Percy Harmon on your team, man, you got a chance. This guy's a dynamite. He always performs. He comes to play every week. But uh, I, I'm just I'm fine just playing pretty good. I've seen him play better. But I, I think Minnesota, they're a good 8-18, eight eight if not better. Yeah, they're much better now. I mean, they're on top of the NFC North, which right. in that division you've got the – You've got the Bears. Of course, that tie with the Bears, I guess, you know, would be adequate since the Bears beat Dallas. So that tie with the Bears, but you still got Green Bay. You still got Detroit. And Minnesota's right there. We thought Minnesota would finish last in this division. And and they're right there. Right there in the mix. You you know, I think Coach Schwartz, you know, his seat's getting pretty hot down there. After having what he did on fourth round didn't work in overtime against Tennessee, losing that game. And then you don't have a good showing against Minnesota on a, at a home game. I, I think they're really going to hurt Coach Schwartz if he can't get this thing turned around. What happened to that dynamic duo of Matthew Stafford and Calvin Johnson combined? I don't know. Something, every week? Something's off that exactly not clicking. We saw them in the draft, you know, build up that defense. They got Farley, you know, last year, a year ago. And, uh, you know, they did something. But I don't know what's – it's some of the same players, and I just don't understand. They're just not clicking. Kind of like yeah. your Cowboys. Yeah, we're going to I talk about them. Yeah, I do that. The Chargers uh, <laughs> beat the Chiefs 37-20. to 20. No big surprise in this game other than the Chiefs. Again, man, Castle struggling. 24 for, for 42, 251 yards and two touchdowns. Jamal Charles. He had a bunch of fumbles in this game. The Chiefs had six turnovers overall, which you can't win a ball game with six turnovers. Charles did try to redeem himself, had 92 yards rushing and one touchdown, but did count the ball up several times during that game as well, too. The Seahawks lose to the Rams 19-13. to Are you surprised by this game at all? I think we both picked the Seahawks to win. Yeah, and the Seahawks should have won that game. Uh, they gave that game away. I, I'm really surprised. I, I still think that uh, quarterback Wilson, he's going to have a little trouble. He's still a rookie, as, as we know, but I look for him to do better in his sophomore year. But, you know, it's a learning experience, and this team hustles, man. You know, I, I so far I'm impressed with them. They should have won that game. Now, Russell Wilson, you talk about him at quarterback. He went 17 for 25, only 160 yards and no touchdowns. Right. So the yeah. question's been raised, you know, how long do you stay with Russell Wilson? You, you know you got, you know you have a defense that's good enough to win. I think we but, all but know that you got a pass rush good enough to win, but how long do you stay with a quarterback that's only going to give you 160 yards passing and no TDs? But one thing I noticed about him, his receivers don't run good routes. They don't get open. They don't get separation enough where he has to hold the ball too long. He has to learn to get rid of that ball a lot quicker. But he really doesn't have anybody to throw to. Hmm. That's a good point. He, he really good. does. If you think about it, if you watch uh, watch them play, 
the guys just don't get open. I mean, I hadn't seen anybody get open. So mm-hmm. that, you know, if they do get help. open, they, they they may or may not catch the ball either. Right, right. So that's 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 one problem they have. Yeah, absolutely. In that game, they, of course, the rookie uh, the rookie kicker for the Rams had uh, had four field goals to win the game for the Rams. The Rams really didn't get a lot done on offense, only scoring one touchdown. And then uh, but again, the Rams either. Yeah, the Rams yeah. are two and two. The Rams are two and two still make their division pretty interesting, though. I mean, you got right. them, Seahawks, and so they still got a pretty interesting division uh, in the NFC West. Of course, we know how tough that's going to be anyway. Speaking of the NFC West, the uh, San Francisco 49ers get the win over the Jets, 34-0, to zero, beating the Jets up. They went to that game in the halftime, 10-0, and since then they just put a whooping on the Jets and just had nothing, no answers for them whatsoever. Sanchez had 103 yards passing. 103 yards passing for the quarterback of the New York Jets. Went 13 for 29. We saw the 49ers do everything. We saw Frank Gore rushing the ball. The 49ers rushed for more than 200 yards total as a team, including their backup quarterback, Kaepernick, who came in and ran the Wildcat. Ran the same Wildcat that the Jets were supposed to be running with Tebow and scored a touchdown. was very effective. They moved the ball. I don't understand what's going on with the Jets. I really don't. You got Tim Tebow. You still haven't really used him in the red zone. It says you got him in there as a punt block protector. That's ridiculous. Well, we have- when you have somebody like Tim Tebow, crowd favorite, you brought him up there for a reason, breathing down your neck, you should perform better. But I think it's Tebow time now. I don't even know if he will start. Uh, Tebow probably start next week. This team was awful. They were the only team worse than the Dallas Cowboys this past weekend. And then they, they lost their best receiver, Santonio Holmes, which is really bad. So I got to say something real quick about that play with Santonio Holmes. You know, I understand, and, and I heard somebody else say this before I had a chance to, but I understand that you got hurt. I understand you may have twitched your foot a little bit, but when they brought the x-rays back and I saw that there was no broken right. bone damage, something like that, for you to give the ball up like that, that's just careless. I mean, that's just well, careless. I, I, you know, you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't do that. You don't just throw the ball up for grabs and, and let them, you know, and give it away. You, you put the ball on the ground, you lay on it, you made the catch. You don't just throw the ball away like that. And he's been in the league long enough to know that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not well, questioning well, right, whether Santonio right. Holmes okay, is. Okay. Yeah, we, I'm not questioning. Go ahead. We don't know what he felt at the time, whatever happened to him. You know, that's injuries. But I saw Tony Romo throw the ball away too. You don't do that either. And also got missed passes and caused interceptions. You don't do that either. It's just one of those things, man. I mean, we don't know what kind of pain he experienced at that time, but apparently it was bad enough where he threw the ball away. Yeah, I, I, I still don't agree with that. I don't agree with it one bit that and you I were caught to the team and do that. Like that. Turnovers, they, they happen. That's part of the game. We're jumping to the next game, of course. But they got a bigger problem more than San Antonio Holmes being throwing away the ball. They got a bigger problem than that. 
Well, they got the Houston Texans in prime time next week, and that's a lot. I expect to see I expect to see Tebow starting that game. I really do. Right. I think right. at this point you're two and two. You really you you're tied in the lead for that division. It's time to make a move now. I don't see no sense in waiting. And 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 zero points, no offense whatsoever. You know, somebody if you look at the list, everybody scored something, but for them to have a big fat zero. You know where everybody else can score. That's, that's not saying a lot about your team. No, not at all. You have not no points. You have no points. Not even a field goal. That's bad. That's a skunk. We call that a skunk back in my day. Then you've got you know the Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans. The Texans get the win, thirty-eight to fourteen, over the Titans. Biggest surprise there, of course, is Jake Locker, who looks like he's right. been missing a, a considerable amount of time. Hasselbeck came in, didn't do that good of a job at all. Although it was good to see Chris Johnson on the one week that I don't play him and send him on the bench in my fantasy league. He rushes for 141 yards, 25 carries, which is a big, big accomplishment against the Houston Texans defense. But this Texans team at 4-0, got the Jets next week. They could easily be 5-0. They they look like the real deal to me. I I think they are. And, you know, we saw this. Uh, team get better and better year after year after year. And now that everybody's healthy this year, the only problem this team ever had, they've been plagued with injuries. But everybody's healthy. If everybody can stay healthy, I can see them in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to see that right now. But, again, they got to stay healthy. You're right. That's that's always been the thing that kind of held them back, especially last year, losing Matt Schaub and Andre Johnson for quite some time and Foster playing hurt. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The Broncos put on a stellar performance, 37-6 to over the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Peyton Manning looked, looked like the old Peyton Manning, like the Madden Peyton Manning. Had three touchdowns, of course, in the game and threw for 338 yards. Peyton was 30 for 38. Right. And that's, that's throwing the ball. Well, you talked about him last week. Remember? And you questioned Peyton. Peyton is back. This is the way I expected the Denver Broncos to play anyway. So I'm not surprised. This is what they're capable of doing. You know, and I think this was a great win for them by confidence. Uh, And it'll be a learning process for them too, but they can only get better. Only get better. Then in the overtime game, it seems like the Dolphins are always involved in some type of overtime game. The Cardinals uh, beat the Dolphins 24-21. to The Dolphins did a good job of hanging in there, trying to get the win, although the Cardinals were able to come back and uh, with Kevin Cobb get the win, kicking the field goal in overtime for, for the win of the game. Tannehill, very impressive, though, you know, for a rookie. 431 right. yards passing. He was one yard shy of Cam Newton's rookie record of 432. He did go 26-41 and one TD, and Brian Hartline out of nowhere. If you played him in fantasy football, you, you were a genius. 12 receptions, right. 253 yards in the loss, and Kevin Cobb, of course, with three touchdowns. And Arizona didn't seem like Arizona. didn't seem like they were really clicking on defense or even offense for that matter, but did just enough to win, and a win is a win, and the, and the Cardinals are 4-0. And, and, I, and I'm surprised, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people are surprised, uh, nobody expected this. I, I not even the last four weeks I even picked in the win, but here they are, four and zero, 
And uh, I don't know what to make of this team. Do you? I really don't. I, I just well, don't. Well, and, and 4-0, I think they're legitimate contenders. I mean, on top of the NFC West, which is a huge feat when you think about the teams right. that are involved in there. But once they start okay. playing more teams within their division, I think we'll start seeing how good they are. I got to see them right. play the Niners right. twice and, and, and see what happens with right. that, you know, see if they're really going to be uh, a good team. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Now, Cincinnati Bengals, no surprise to anyone. They beat up on the Jaguars 27-19. Uh, Gabbard had another, uh, I guess, well, bad performance, I would say. They got the loss. All right. 23 for 35, 186, and uh, one touchdown. Jones Drew had 13 carries for 38 yards, zero touchdowns, as the Bengals were able to kind of contain him. And the Saints and the Packers, the Packers went 28 to 27, a one-point win over the Saints, and it took it took a lot for the Packers to get the win. You know, it right. took uh, it took everything for the Packers to get the win, but nonetheless, they did get the win. They pulled it out. Aaron Rodgers had uh, 31-41, 319 yards, four touchdowns. Breeze put on the show, 446 yards, three touchdowns. And it really was and the Saints defense, I think, that really, really yeah, gave the and, and they the played that butt up. They butt up. You could tell that they really wanted to win this game. I mean, the guys played. I, they, you know, it, it was close. They could have won. I really was pulling for the Saints, but Green Bay got the better bounce of the ball at the end of the regulation, and they won the game by one point. In fact, they came back and scored a touchdown to win that game. Right. But I thought the Saints really played great. Unfortunately, it's another loss. Like I said, win's a win, a loss is a loss. I don't know where you go from here if you New Orleans. Well, New Orleans has got a home game where Drew Brees has a chance to break uh, Johnny Unitas' record for a consecutive game. Right. 47. And he tied it at 47, so he's going for 48 next week. That's going to be a home game against his old team, the Chargers. I expect the Saints to win that game and get their first win. Uh, we've heard that he has requested that uh, a couple of people be there that are not supposed to be there, like his former head coach or current head coach, but right. now suspended Sean Payton and also the uh, GM, Mickey Loomis, as well. He's requested for the NFL to allow them to, to come to that game while he breaks his record. So well, we'll see what happens. But I think they win that game at home against the Chargers. Well, you should hope so. Yeah, I, <laughs> I hope I they win, right. And the uh, Buccaneers and the Redskins, the Redskins get the win 24-22. to The Buccaneers played really tough, but RG3 had a good game. 323 yards, excuse me, passing. And it uh, seems like the Buccaneers, they're 1-3. They're playing tough. They they did what they had to do at the end but couldn't pull it off. It, you know, Condon's winning field goal for RG3. The guy goes 1-3 for three for field goals in the game. But the one right. that he hit was the one that counted. Right. And I watched and really I played this team, like I said, the missed field goals. Could have cost them the game. But Robert Griffin, I am very much impressed with, man. This guy here is playing like he's been in the league two or three years. Confidence. Yeah, that's what you need. That's what you need as a rookie, right. especially. And, you know, Shanahan's got to be happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we <laughs> you can do so much. Sunday. You can do so much with this guy. He's so versatile, you know. 
And I don't mm-hmm. think he's had a quarterback like that since uh, the young Elway. So he's <laughs> got to be happy. He's doing a great job. Absolutely. Absolutely. In the Sunday night game, you talk about a, a, a kicker that made his field goal. Oh, game. Here's a kicker that didn't make a field goal. Uh, Times right. missed the field goal that would have gave the, the Eagles, I'm sorry, the Giants the win by one point. But yet he missed the field goal, and the Eagles win 19-17. I thought the Eagles did a good job the entire game, defense and offense. Uh, they they gave up some touchdowns to the Giants late in the uh, second half, one the third quarter, one the fourth quarter. But before then, they were pretty dominant. And Michael Vick did his thing. He didn't turn the ball over, and that, that what I think was that's crucial. the key right there. Right. They, they had so many turnovers to start the season, but they did not turn the ball over at all. And I think that was the true key for the Eagles to get the win. Well, to be honest with you, I think they passed the turnover jinx to the Cowboys because the Cowboys look more like the Eagles the last couple of years. I mean, last couple of games and turnovers. But, I, you know, this game was a much – it was a great game, much better game than the score reflects. I thought both teams played hard. Like I said, Philadelphia didn't turn the ball over. Michael Bitt had no interceptions, no turnovers. And uh, I, I, I think this righted the ship. Whatever problem they have, I think this made it go away. Yeah, I would think so, too. They, they look really, really good, and then now they sit on top of the NFC East division alone at the top right, right. now, sitting at 3-1. and one. So uh, they, they, they're looking really, really good right now. It's up to the Monday night game, which, of course, you've been kind of getting ready to get to. All let me, well, hold on. Let show. me put this bag on my head. Okay, wait a <laughs> The Bears took the win 34-18, to 18, although it wasn't even that close, to say the least. And, of course, the big story for this game is not just Cutler and Brandon Marshall and what Brandon Marshall was able to do going off for 138 yards and one touchdown. But more importantly, Tony Romo, the quarterback that everyone compared Jay Cutler to all week, the quarterback everybody wants to say is elite, the quarterback that everybody thinks can win the Super Bowl, Disappoints everyone in Dallas. Everyone is a Cowboy fan by having five interceptions in the game. All five turnovers the Cowboys had were attributed to Tony Romo, two for pick sixes, and they lose the game. And he had an awful, awful, awful game. So awful that we saw Kyle Orton come in with about six or seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. He was bent. That's just call it for what it was. Tony Romo was bent. Monday night. Listen, I, you know, you, at the beginning of every show, you talk about my experience, and I watched the Cowboys, the, the Ice Bowl, you know, even when they played in Cotton Bowl. This is the worst Cowboy game I've ever seen in my life. It was awful. I, I, I mean, 38, what, 41 yards rushing, uh, five interceptions. Even though Dez Bryant got 105 yards, you, you couldn't prove it to me unless you showed it to me all over again because I didn't see it. He did make some catches, but he could have had 205 yards had he, had he caught more balls. The defense didn't play very well. The offensive line was terrible. The running game wasn't there. Tony Romo was awful. The coaching was the worst coach game I've ever seen him coach. And if I was Jerry Jones, uh, he'd, he'd be gone. That's how I feel about it. He'd be gone. And Tony Romo would be on the bench. You know, I mean, uh, it's, 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 
this was a slap in the face to Jerry Jones. Hey, as a true Cowboy fan, a true Cowboy fan, I was disgusted by watching the game on um, Monday night. I mean, I, just, just, I, I was at a loss of words, disgusted, because because it's one of those things where it's like enough is enough. Enough right. is enough. When, when he throws five picks, I'm thinking it's got to be a Monday night football record. Well, come to find out, he tied his own record. His own record. Five right. interceptions. Come to find out, Jason Garrett make, still making bad, still making rookie coaching mistakes. Yeah. Not throwing a challenge the flag coach. after Rex Ryan has to beg him to throw the challenge flag on that play. He finally throws the challenge flag, which would have given them a fourth down and they had to p- kick the ball uh, for a field goal or it would have given them a first down. There's no reason to sit there and wait yeah. and, and, and go to and, the challenge flag. You know flag. what? It, 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 it's almost everybody in the stadium and everybody on TV was saying, what is he waiting on? You know, when, when everybody in the country can question your decision as a head coach, and you don't have enough, uh, uh, I'm not going to say sense, but knowledge to know the total flag. And, you are, you know, he almost didn't get away with it. It really, it really didn't. But on paper, if, if you put this team on paper, it's one of the most talented teams, versatile teams out there. And, and so you know you got this much talent, but they're not playing together. And, and you know, team is a reflection of your coach. What does that tell you about your coach? That means I'm, I'm not right. impressed. I'm not impressed you know, at all. They wasn't last ready to last play. week it was penalties. This this week it was poor performance. The week before, I mean, it's always something that needs to be fixed with this team, and I don't understand that. Well, I'm I'm telling you right now, I'm just I'm always so upset. Need to be fixed. I'm so upset and disgusted with this team. It's ridiculous. As a Cowboy fan, as a person that supports the Cowboys and everything that they do. This right here just burns me up, and, and I'm done with Tony Romo. I'm absolutely uh, done. Anytime, anytime you have a quarterback that's d- done this twice, that's repeatedly, repeatedly failed, 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 failed. Yeah, this he got is more one than twice. He's, he's done. He's done it a yeah. lot of times. I can name up three right off the top of my head. Well, and, and let's not forget last year when he had a four interception game. Right. Last year, you know, so he's, right. he's done this, he's done this. He doesn't have, he only has one playoff win at a time he's here. It, it's time to look at a different direction. Right. And, that, that's and, and even with the head coach, if the head coach can't get it together, get somebody else. There's, there's so much talent out there at head coach. He can go grab somebody that's actually coached a team before, not someone that's never had a chance to actually coach or head coach a team. And, and I think Jerry, I think, the, I think the pie is on his face right now. Because he, he know, put this team together. He picked these players. He told these guys. He's got Dez right. Bryant that doesn't know how to run a route. Right, He's right. got the guys going to drop a ball. He's got Tony Romo, an inconsistent quarterback, trying to make him out to be Troy Eggman or Roger Staubach, and then, and he's not. And right now the egg is on Jerry's face. He's got to figure out right. what he's going to do next. He's got to start right now in this bye week making his presence felt. And to me, yeah. as a Cowboys fan, the the emotion I saw from Rex from Rob Ryan was what I wanted to see from Jason Garrett. You never see any reaction from Jason Garrett. You know, even when a guy makes a bad, does something stupid on the field and comes to the sideline, I ne- never see Jason Garrett get in his face. I, need, I never see Jason Garrett question a guy. I never see him discipline a guy, bench a guy. I mean, 
the Cowboys used to be tough. There is no toughness. There's no mental toughness or physical toughness. Nobody steps up to make a play. This is not the Cowboy team I grew up with. I don't know what, what he has out there. You're absolutely right. Jerry is going to have to stop picking players. That He doesn't have the talent for it. And, and stop giving these guys these big fat contracts after one good season. Let me tell you the excuses Tony Romo gave. And I watched the press conference. I don't know if you saw it or not. Some of the things he said, we have to get over it. How many times have you heard him say that? You know, we just have to get over and go to the next game. Uh, it's going to suck for a few days. You, you said that year after year that it's, that it's going to suck for a while. We have to get over this. I, I can't try to do too much. And, and we know he said that every every time they made a mistake to win a game, and even himself, he tried to do too much. And I have to do my job. Well, you failed in doing that, period, doing your job. That Those are lousy excuses for me. I don't buy them. I don't buy them one bit. I, I don't buy them all. I just I hate to watch him in the press conference because he looks there like, woe is me, my fault, I'm not going to let this happen again. We got to play better. There's more important things in football. Yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember yeah. all those quotes. After every right. time he messes up, I remember all right. those quotes. Every one, he said those every time he's had a poor performance. And, you know, I, what, another thing I didn't like, the whole team's attitude. Des Brown said, yeah, I had a very average day. No, no, you didn't. You played terrible. You played terrible. You it wasn't an average about it. You were receiving, but you it were terrible. You weren't average. Right. You know, and, and, and that's what made me mad. You think guys will be upset? I, I don't know, Rodney. You, you explain Somebody it. Somebody I, I can't explain it to you. I, I don't want to talk but, about it anymore. I really don't. I don't but, even want to talk about it. Let's talk things, about another. Well, let me just say this. These are the things that I've been telling you for years. Finally, you are starting to see the Dallas Cowboy team from my eyes. You understand? This is for my eyes, not just yours. And America was exposed to what the Cowboys are made of uh, and the makeup of this team physically, mentally, and, and the coach. This, this shows a whole too good of the Dallas Cowboys to me. Nothing. Well, let's let's talk about a whole other Dallas team. We got a chance to go to the Mavericks media day as the Mavericks get ready for their season trying to – Bounced back from a disappointing season last year. They got a brand-new team, brand-new roster. But before we start talking about what we saw and our thoughts about the new Mavericks team as they get ready for training camp, let's listen to uh, one Dirk Nowitzki as he talked a little bit about his offseason, getting married a couple of times, well, four times, and also talked a lot about this new team and what we can expect from this new team as they, as they go into training camp. Here's Dirk here on RFSportsRadio.com. So, how we doing? All right. We're shopping over the summer? That shirt is so good. In Miami. You get the shop. <laughs> Busy summer for sure. Uh, yeah, uh, kind of opened up a new chapter in my life, uh, so that was fun and traveling around a bunch. And 
Uh, got married like four times, I think. <laughs> but no, it's good times. Same woman. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Um, yeah, I had a blast and, and got to experience new things, and then uh, went home to Germany the last four weeks. Been training with Holger, and just got back on on the weekend and feel good and uh, got away from basketball about a good three three and a half months. Um, so feel good, feel refreshed, and ready to go. How's the marriage life so far? Good, you know. Uh, after the fourth wedding, I'm like I'm out of here for <laughs> a month, so I left for four weeks and uh, just got back. But no, things are great, and looking forward to, to married life for a long time. Kirk, how different is this? Obviously, all, last off season was strange because nobody knew exactly when everything was going to get back. You talked about being refreshed, feeling good. How much better is that feeling this year? Yeah, it's, for me it was actually a great lesson to learn, you know, that I can't just shut it down all the way to zero anymore and, and expect to be in shape in four weeks. You can do that on, when you're in your 20s, but, you know, not after 14 years in the league. So I think even though it was a tough year for me last year, I think it was a, a good learning experience for me. And, uh, you know, this year in the summer, even though I didn't touch the ball for three, three and a half months, I was basically in the gym already here in June, July, lifting, keeping my legs strong, running. Um, even on all my trips, uh, I always try to lift and, uh, and run and keep my conditioning up. So, so by the time I started basketball again four weeks ago, I think the, the start up was, was a lot easier than last year. I think, I think last year when I started, I couldn't even touch the bottom of the backboard. And uh, this year, I think I could, I could touch it a little bit. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's going a lot better. And uh, I took my lessons from last year. What was the offseason like to you in terms of you know seeing you guys make a run at Williams and not getting that done, and then this story moves a few weeks later, you didn't get kind of your, your co-star, but what do you think of the way things shook out? Well, I was pretty uh, obviously disappointed there uh, the way July started, you know. Um, uh, first Darren uh, didn't come, and then uh, Jake Kidd and Jet left, obviously two, two warriors that have uh, been through you know, a lot of stuff with me, and we won the championship together, and uh, so they were, they were like, you know, like brothers to me, so it's, uh, that was tough to see those, those two guys uh, go somewhere else. It's going to be weird to see them in, in different uniforms, for, for sure. Uh, but then I think we settled in a little bit. I think Kamen was the first guy to, to say he's coming, um, which was a good move. I think Chris... Uh, should be the best offensive center uh, that I've played with here in my career. Um, for sure not de defensively, but uh, I think offensively is his ability to score in the post, uh, to shoot 16, 17 footers. Uh, I think we should be should be able to play it fine off each other. Uh, and then I think getting Darren in uh, uh, was a big move. Um, we definitely needed a point guard. Um, he's, he's fast. Uh, he can create his own shot. He can push the pace for it. He can get in the lane, shoot the floater, or find some shooters. Uh, so, yeah, I think when we got younger, we got more athletic, uh, and that, that was always our goal around me. Uh, um, so that was, uh, that was good. And then OJ, I think that came out of nowhere. I, I didn't even know we were talking to him, so uh, that, was, uh, that was a great surprise. I think he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a young player that's already he's got some experience in this league. He's a big-time shot maker. Uh, so I think all the new guys are going to uh, be great and fitting great, but you know, uh, we're going to see here in camp how how, how the team's going to look. And, but I'm looking forward to a good season. I feel good. And that's already 
How you guys doing today? Good. 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 about his offseason, of course, getting married and joking about getting married four times. He And to me, Royce, Dirk sounded like he was in a good place in his life right now. He's very happy. He said he hadn't touched the basketball in a while, but he's been in the gym working out. He realized that last season he made a big mistake by not working out during the offseason, thinking he can come back to basketball and get ready to go. And we saw that. We saw it in his performance out last year. It just wasn't his Dirk type of performance that we're used to seeing especially during that championship run the year before. He also got into a little bit about missing Jason Kidd and Jason Terry and the new guys he has on the floor, Chris Kamen being the best offensive center they've played with since he's been in Dallas, O.J. Mayo, Darren Collison. And, and just give me what you thought about Dirk's overall mood. I thought it was really good to see him in such a, such, such a good spirit. You know, and you're absolutely right. He was in a good spirit. He had a great summer. Xavier like got married, and uh, he got a good workout on that video we saw when he was over in Africa dancing. That was a pretty good workout. But, you know, I, I see a different Dirk. You know, he, he got the biggest monkey off his back, having played, what, 13, 14 years mm-hmm. now? And he, he does have a championship, and I think that's, a, well, that's what everybody plays for to win an NBA title. He has that now. He's uh, been a uh, uh, all-star several times. Uh, he's all kind of records, you know, even with the math. So, and then, you know, he completed the whole circle. He got married, and I'm pretty sure kids are coming next. I, I wanted to add some that about the kids situation. But it's a different Dirk. He's a more mature, more mellow, and, you know, he's on the downside of his career. And I, I think he's enjoying life. I think it's a different Dirk now. What do you expect from Dirk this season? you think that he's going to... Bounce back. I expect him to have a really good season this year. Well, I, I expect Dirk to be Dirk. You know, he, he's going to give you, you know, the best pure shooter in, in the NBA. And Dirk's going to be Dirk. I, I think he's going to have help now. He's not going to do too much, you know, because uh, they got they got a little bit better, and a little bit younger and a little bit faster. I just hope he can keep up with these guys. I do have con- some concerns. Are we going to talk about the Mavs now? Because I, I do have some concerns, and these are questions that I need to answer for me in order for them to have a great year. And number one is Roddy B. Will he be the impact player that the Mavs envision? You know, this is his third season, and last year he only played 12 minutes in the in the playoffs uh, before they were eliminated by the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. And, you know, he, he, hadn't, he hadn't led up to expectations, as I might say. Don't you agree? I agree. And, uh, I, agree. I know he worked out a lot with, with Coach this year. Coach said he was, you know, he he, even, he did some boxing over the summer to help him step out. And, you know, we saw him this summer working out with Coach Carlisle. So is he going to be the impact player that we've always thought he could be? You know, when he came from the minor league, he had all these potentials, but we hadn't seen that yet. My next concern is, is about Chris Caden and his health. He's only averaged 30 games over a five-year span 
that's not good. His durability is a big concern to me. And I'm wondering if he could stay healthy. He's already watching practice from the sideline with a sprained lower back. The, my third concern, I'm not worried about Collison or uh, O.J. Mayer. I think they're going to be just perfect in this system. My other concern is Eldon Brand. Can he be the enforcer that the Mavericks need, and can he do the dirty work and anchor this defense? Of course, he led the league in fragrant fouls, and he could do the same thing in Dallas. I would love to see him lead the league because they need to get tougher. He does average about 1.9 block shots a game. And those are my really concerns. If they can get those, if those guys can fill those roles, Kevin can stay healthy in center. Everybody has played their role. And I heard Coach Carlisle say earlier that Vince Young is, a, is in excellent shape. Now, what, if we can get anything out of Vince Young, I think the Mavericks will be all right. But those are my concerns going into the regular season. I think I think you mean Vince Carter. I'm sorry, Vince Carter. I'm sorry, <laughs> Vince Carter. Yeah, I'm just saying, not Vince Young. Although Vince Young needs a job, don't get me wrong. Yeah, he needs a job. He could <laughs> maybe go out for basketball. My fault, Vince Carter. He's, he's, he's a job. But those you know, are my concerns. When you bring up Elton Brand, I think you bring up a good point. I think they all look for him to be a tough guy. But to me, during the interview process with him, it sounded like he wanted to be a scorer and like he wanted the yeah. ball in his hands because he had something to prove it. Let's, take, let's, let's stop for a second and listen to a little bit of what Elton had to say, and then we can talk further about that. <laughs> How you doing today? Here you go. All right. Bye. I guess we got nothing. So, Elton, being part of the team, obviously, there's a lot of you, yourself, being one of the newcomers. Just talk about what it takes to see everybody come together and how long does something like this take? Um, there were a lot of new faces, uh, a lot of new players. It, it does take time to gel. So, you know, uh, I think starting training camp early, going to Europe, and kind of getting a chance to gel and mesh, I think that would be beneficial for us. But a lot of guys on one-year deals, I think they want to prove not only to the rest of the league, but to our team that, you know, they can play and they want to fit in. And a lot of veteran guys, you know, it's not – we have a good mix of young guys that are hungry and want to get better, but we also have some veteran guys that, that also want to win. As far as Dirk, you've been around Dirk before, obviously. you played against him. And I know you haven't really played with him much except a couple things that he's done. But what's your impression of him being around you? Um, you know, a great guy. You know, he had a lot of jokes. I didn't know he had so many jokes. I don't really like to get joked on, so, you know, make sure he stays away jokes from me. But <laughs> he's funny. You know, he's a good guy to be around, good leader. And you can tell that already just being here um, a few weeks. Do you feel like you have something to prove? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, being amnestied from the team and, uh, you know, we're being in the playoffs, getting to the second round, um, you know, definitely want to prove a lot, um, but in the right way. You know, not individually. I'm at a point in my career I'm not worried about the individual stats, just helping the team win and win, win big. That's my goal, and just being a part of that. Elvin, you played a few years with uh, Heyman with the Clippers. Tell us about him as a player and as a person. I understand he's kind of a little bit of an oddball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know. Let's go ahead and stop it right there because he said exactly what I wanted to talk about. He talked about how, and you asked him a great question about does he have something to prove. Right. And, 
And I think he does because he, he's just been amnesty from the 76ers. And, and the 76ers had a great season last year. Right. I mean, they made right. it to the playoffs. They made it very competitive in the playoffs. And for the Sixers to say, you know what, we're going to do it without you this year, Elton, and we're going to go out here and get a- Andrew Bynum to replace you, I think that says something a lot to him because he saw this young guy come in. They had the opportunity to get Bynum, and, and they had to go for it, of course. I don't fault the Sixers for doing it. I think Elton Brand, like he said, I hope his mindset is now i got to quit worrying about my individual stats and help a team win a championship. And if he has that attitude, I think we'll get the best out of Elton Brand because he's one of those players where if he wants to play, he'll play. If right. he doesn't want to play, he's not going right. to play. And I think, I, think, I think you said the right. right thing about the one-year deal. And also, later on, we talked about, well, who you auditioning for. He seems auditioning for the Mavericks. Because you brought up a point that I really didn't realize is that the Mavericks are the only team in the NBA that's going to have enough money to sign anybody at the end of the year. Right. So if, you, if you're a one-year contract guy, you want to be in Dallas because now you can prove yourself to the team, the only team that's going to have any money in the NBA to sign anybody. And you're absolutely right. I think he has more to prove than anybody on the team. Uh, because if he doesn't perform well in Dallas, that's it. I don't think nobody will even take it. So you do want to stick around, and and I, and I think he will be. His attitude seems to be right. And let's just see how that transforms into his game. But uh, the, the Mavericks need him. He has a chance to prove himself, like you say. What, he's getting $8 million this year, something like that. But mm-hmm. uh, he, he's got more to lose than anybody because – if you don't do well here in Dallas, I, I, you know, that's it for him. Yeah, at least, at least with any type of contender, any type of right. team that's really looking to right. put a team together with him involved. And then Derek Collison, you know, talking to him, I was very impressed with him. I think the most impressive thing we found out about him was that even when he got traded the day after, he called uh, Coach Carla and asked for for tape on the guys they're going to be playing with because he wants to know how to get them the ball, how they, where, right. what spots they want to line up in, where they want to take shots from. If, if that is the case, then I'm very impressed by a young guy that's willing to take the initiative to kind of get the chemistry going right away. You know, Collison, is, he's no slouch, that's for sure. The guy can ball. And, I, I you know, he's on a great team. It's his chance. You know, we he, we already know he's a floor leader. So he really gets a chance to, you know, get a ball of dirt. He really gets a chance to prove himself. The guy does have game. I, I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm not worried about him and O.J. Mayo. Those are two guys that I'm really least worried about on the Mavericks team. Now, I'm worried a little bit about O.J. Mayo because he, he's a he's a streaky shooter, but he's not the best shooter. You know, he's not no he's not the best shooter by far. I mean, and sometimes he lets his shooting touch, do, you know, make him have a bad game because now he wants to shoot the ball out of time until he makes one. He's not a very good shooter. He Sometimes he's gotten a lot better with his play at point guard, but you look at the guards the Mavericks have now. Man, I know you got right. rid of Jason Kidd, probably the best point guard, or one of the best point guards that ever played the game. But you've got Darren Collison. you got O.J. Mayo who can play point. you got Roddy B, as you mentioned before. And he still got the rookie, Jerry Cunningham, who's a slasher as well, too. So the Mavericks did get very, very athletic. And I still think, and I know I'm in the minority here, but this is a much better team than what they had last year. 
And depending on how they play, they could be a better team talent-wise than the team they won a championship with. Because well, I'm year, starting to believe that. During, I'm starting yeah, to believe that more and more. Yeah, during that year, it was really Dirk that really put on the all-star performance. It was Jason Terry, of course, that did it in the finals for us. But, man, they got some guys in that team. If they can get them all playing right, Vince Carter, right. Sean Marion, Dirk Nowinski, Roddy B, the new guys, if they can get them playing right, they may just have a team that's even more stacked talent-wise than the one they won it all with. Well, and, you know, the guards you did mention, all those guards, one thing good about those guards that we didn't have last year with kids, but these guys will go to the basket, and kids didn't do that. He, he, he didn't drive to the basket. He shot a lot of threes, but that does give us a different dimension, having guys, young guards, that can uh, take you out the dribble and shoot the, the three ball. So Absolutely. you're right. I, I think they are better teams. I agree. I agree, no doubt. We thank everyone for tuning in to our show tonight. It's been a great show. We wrapped up the NFL Week 4. We talked about the Mavs, played some audio for you guys as well, too. Just remember, we'll be covering the Mavericks all season long. So if you're a Mavs fan or an NBA fan, go to our website, rfsportsradio.com, or follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash rfsportsradio. Don't miss our show next Thursday when our special guest will be Mr. Doug Williams, Super Bowl MVP. Doug Williams, as he talks about his Grand State Tigers going to the State Fair Classic and also talks a little bit about black quarterbacks today versus when he started in 1974 in college. So, a real good interview we did with him, so make sure you tune in for that on Thursday. For myself and for Royce Fisher as well, we thank you guys for listening. Stay tuned for more sports talk from a fan's perspective on RFSN. And until next time, everyone be safe. Thank you for listening to RF Sports Radio, rfsportsradio.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.